This past week, I had an opportunity to revisit a kind of what I would refer to as an old theme, or this was one of the things that used to really trigger me a lot, not only as an adult, but as a child. And if I had to guess, I can imagine that the reason that I react to this kind of situation happening now as an adult certainly has a lot to do about what it felt like to experience this as a child. What I'm speaking of in this case is the reaction to or the thoughts that come from being in a group situation with multiple people and feeling like someone, and in some cases it actually has happened, but the feeling is that somehow that I was called out or embarrassed in front of other people. And I think this this kind of situation has a lot of different variations, and a lot of them are very subtle. And in this case, I do want to make the I do want to make I do want to clarify that I do not believe that anyone was looking to overtly hurt me in any way or to cause me any pain or suffering. I think it is just different personalities the way that people say what they say and it's it's the words that they use it's the tone of voice there's so many things that can cause these kinds of triggers or internal reactions and what I was going to say is in this case I was certainly not in in any danger uh, I don't believe anyone was trying to be malicious this was actually in and I don't necessarily think that the story itself uh, is important to speak of because that's just the story Uh, What ended up happening was this was occurring, uh, actually a client of mine that I work for and was actually in a meeting with their team and had somebody actually say something in regards to an initiative that that we were working on. And the more that I think about it, now that I've had some time, I mean, it's been actually early this week, so I've had an opportunity to sit with this, but in the moment... And that's the most important thing I feel like I can say today about this from a mindfulness standpoint, that it is so much about what is happening in the moment that really fuels the reactions that we have. This is what ultimately fuels the thoughts that we have in response to what is going on. And I believe that at least I don't want to say, I shouldn't say believe, but what is what has been my truth and what I've experienced is that... This, has, this is something that is very human. In other words, to have something unexpected happen, and it is something that, and I realize each one of us are unique and that we all have had different life histories, different backgrounds, and we have, have had these different experiences which ultimately result in some people being more sensitive to things than others and some people being way less sensitive And in this case, I realize that the longer it has been since what happened happened and what was said was said to me, that the more I realize that I've actually just naturally, and this is nothing, this has nothing to do with me. Uh, This is no innate gift that I have. I believe this is just, if anything, is a result of the practice. And it is just the, the way in which the practice itself transforms the way that we experience our minds and that we we tend to not believe as firmly in what we're thinking just because we're the ones having the thoughts. We don't necessarily identify as the person that we think we are in any given situation, 
because we've had the benefit of having some mind space or some head space and we can be more of a witness to our thoughts and our internal reactions it doesn't mean that we can stop them at all sometimes it's you know i have been lucky but it, that's very very much uh, a small percentage of the time and the idea isn't to strive for perfection or to be able to stop myself from saying or doing anything the idea of the practice the go- if there is a goal and i don't necessarily use the word goal a lot with this but it is about being able to just not be captive being held ca- it's not we we're not held captive by the thoughts that we think we're not held captive by what we tell ourselves especially the things that are self-defeating and there's no judgment there but ultimately i know that it is it, and i speak through experience that i certainly do have the ability to think a lot of self-defeating thoughts i can certainly talk to myself not outwardly but inwardly in a way that's going to reinforce my being uh responding in more of a way that is hurtful or a way that is not it's not helpful it's not healing at, at all it's it's basically where i can find myself is that i can literally find myself feeling like someone has injured me in some way or that what buddhists refer to is that sense of injured innocence and then we respond in kind because we feel like some we lash out at someone because we feel like they've lashed out at us and they may very well have and that's not so much the point but it really is about being able to have freedom of choice in our responses and i know that we generally have that as human beings but i find even more so having freedom from the need to believe so firmly about what it is that we think someone has done to us or taking what they've said and it's very easy to sometimes take it out of context or to assign more meaning to it than what someone really said and i don't want to get to i don't want to overly focus on just this aspect of it but this is really for me what i find is so much of my own habitual responses and so much of my uh, responses can be unconscious or they can result from my subconscious mind and by the time my conscious mind has had an opportunity to catch up with it i may have already said something or done something that i regret or feel badly about or end up having not having to but wanting to make amends so in this case where i found myself was i was in a meeting and uh, or a virtual meeting in this case and was basically in a uh, in, or on a meeting in this case uh, with a you know a larger number of people and one of the uh, one of my client contacts we were discussing a specific initiative and suddenly something was said to me that i felt like was and th- there again i you know, i shouldn't say felt like but this is what i was thinking thoughts of i immediately reacted because what was said to me was not said to anyone else and in this particular case i found myself after the words were spoken i immediately went into a mode of very very deep resistance to it i found myself very i felt very insulted and 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 i can honestly say i don't really think that what was said was insulting and for me that's a really really big step in the moment as it all happened while i was basically on my feet in the middle of life it did feel like i was being insulted it felt like i was being singled out uh 
And I say it felt that way because I know that's just a habit. Or what I, what I really was doing was I was thinking the thoughts of someone who felt put upon in, in a group of people. I was thinking thoughts about being called out. I was, and not that I really even was, but because I saw it that way, that's that was my perspective. And I realized that's my perspective because that's the perspective of an adult or hopefully someone who acts like an adult that grew up as a child feeling very self-conscious, that was very, very sensitive. And I don't want to delve too deeply into my own childhood dynamics. I'm certainly open to talking about them, but for the purpose of what I'm speaking about here, I do want to limit it to really just staying with you know how that relates to what happened and ultimately how mindfulness practice can help me and help others from getting lost in the reactions to responding this way. So however I saw this happening, this had a lot to do with the context or, or the situation in which it occurred. I was basically facing a large number of people in a meeting situation, feeling like all eyes were on me. And clearly, admittedly, I have always struggled with that to a certain degree. And so showing up, facing people, as, as someone who struggled with chronic depression, for most of my life, that's not an excuse, but it also gives some insight, even to me, about needing to be more mindful when I go into situations like that. I want to be more aware that this has been something that has in the past been difficult for me. And it's never 100% easy. I still have some sense of trepidation facing a large number of people. And so what ended up happening was what was said was only said to me when in fact this really wasn't just up to me uh, as one human being. But somehow or another, I, I, I responded because I, I began to react in a way that I believed that I was being singled out because I was the only one to whom this was said to in that moment that suddenly I went into the mode of feeling like a victim. I felt like I was being embarrassed in front of a large group of people. And there, you know, my, uh, uh, my dignity was not, you know, no one insulted my dignity. No one called me any names. And I feel very compelled to say this because at the end of the day, what was said was certainly not untrue. Uh, it was certainly, but it was not just true for me. It was true for numerous other people in the room, so to speak. And I should be able to, but there again, I I don't want to get into shoulds. But I, I, I'd like to think that I would be able to know this. But it's it, the reason why I'm bringing that up is because it's not that simple. And that's literally what I found. In other words, when I look back at it, I don't really know. The meeting was not recorded. I can't even imagine what my facial expression was. And I'm basically on a large TV monitor facing a large number of people have no earthly idea what I looked like or how that affected the way I presented myself. And I know that I could, if I wanted to, and I did for a little bit, get really, really caught up after the fact in wondering, oh my gosh, did I look like I, did I look as mad as I felt inside? Because inside I was literally seething. I was literally just boiling inside and I was unbelievably hurt. And it's so amazing to think that here I am facing all of these people and I don't want to be duplicitous and I don't want to be ingenuous. Uh, what's the word? I think it is either disin- I think it's disingenuous. I could be wrong on that, but that's what's coming up in the moment. I don't want to try to be something that I'm not. I don't want to act as if I feel one way 
but this, you know, but I, when I feel another, but what I found is that the most important thing was that I needed to be able to cope being in that moment. I was in front of these people. Uh, I did not have the luxury or I didn't think it would be a good idea for me to turn my video feed off. Uh, that certainly would not have been appropriate under the situation. So I knew immediately that I was reacting. And that's, that is what's so beautiful about mindfulness practice. That's why I'm so grateful because I could have said something that I would have, would have deeply regretted. Uh, and certainly when I am working with, you know, for clients and with clients, I know that if I, every time I feel put upon or called out or embarrassed in some way, if I respond in a in an unloving way, in a disrespectful way, it's probably going to make it fairly difficult for me to continue to make a living. And so I found for me that, and this isn't even about being an adult, what I'm finding is it's just really about me coping. And I know that coping in the moment was just one part of this. And that's what I find really interesting is that it was not only about my ability to get through that situation without embarrassing myself, without making a spectacle of myself, because inside, if anyone could have seen on the outside what was going on on the inside, I can't even imagine what that would be like. And I also cannot assume that no one saw or noticed because it's possible they did. But it's not like I'm, I'm wanting to go back after the fact and ask every person. And I'm saying that really in a laughing way because I found myself earlier this week thinking, you know, maybe I should do that. But at some point, I just really had to embrace where I was and this is what had happened. And there was no point and there's nothing to be gained by me continuing to worry. But I did. I, I worried I replayed this in my mind, and the sad part about this is is that I made this much more difficult than it really needed to be. In other words, it was hard enough for me to cope thinking these thoughts in the moment while this was going on, while I was in front of these people. So that is basically the first challenge, and then it was after the fact what the you know what I was thinking and how I was thinking, and I was very, very reactive. And I know that I know that hurt feelings, feeling embarrassed or feeling like someone has hurt my feelings, at least for me, feels like a form of anger. There's at first a sense of shame and a sense of sadness. And I can truly say that I felt like I had nothing to be embarrassed about. There was nothing that I had done wrong. If I had done something wrong, I would certainly not have a problem admitting that. But the beautiful part about this is this isn't even about whether I was right or wrong. What really is what I, the essence of what I'm speaking about is how I reacted and responded in this situation. And I think that whether what I had done was either, you know, that I, whether I'd done anything wrong or not, I know that the situation really from a mindfulness standpoint would have been the same. And that would have been that I would have still found myself with a need for a way to cope one way or the other. And clearly if I had done something wrong, I certainly would get to a point where I would want to make amends and I would certainly want to do what I needed to do to make the situation right, so to speak. So either way, that's almost really a moot point. 
But what I found is that there were a lot of narratives running. I was basically feeling the hurt child that had been embarrassed and somehow called out for some sort of reason. Uh, there was a sense of shame in, in feeling like I somehow had let someone down, even though I hadn't. And as someone who's what I refer to as a recovering people pleaser, it uh, all I was literally just completely lit up with energy and emotion. And so, thankfully, I got through the situation, was able to get through that meeting, only to find myself being angry at that point. And then at that point, I really was in a position where I was having a difficult time coping. In other words, I wasn't able to really focus on the tasks at hand. This is a meeting that took place at the beginning of the day. I really could not focus on anything else and really didn't want to focus on anything else. But I did not have that luxury to be able to take the day off, so to speak, because I was having a bad day emotionally. I know what that feels like. I have been there many times, and I certainly do have a tremendous amount of compassion for others that I know that have been through things like this. But this is really where mindfulness practice has helped. In other words, in order for me just to have gotten through that situation while it was happening, I needed to be aware of what my mind was doing. I needed to be able to see and hear, and not so much that I was talking out loud, but I needed to be able to have a way to witness what my thoughts were because the, that's the only way I could free myself from believing everything that I was thinking about what I was feeling. Because if I was believing all of those things, I would have been even way more miserable than I already was. And I don't deny the fact that I did feel some sense of being miserable because anytime we have a lot of emotions moving in our body, and I realize everyone is different, but many people I've talked to, there is some commonality that it never really feels good to have that kind of energy moving. We can't avoid it as human beings. It's going to happen. But I know that what is most healing for me, what will help me get through that and get past it, is to just let that energy do what it's going to do. And so if I can realize that these thoughts that I'm having, I don't have to believe them. And at some point, if I don't believe them any further, and I don't have to actively not believe them, I just have to realize that just because I'm thinking these things doesn't mean it's the absolute truth. It's really just relative truth because it's going through the lens of what I think is true and, and what is not. And so if I can just, quote unquote, get a grip on myself... And there again, I'm not trying to change myself. I'm not trying to self-improve myself out of a situation. I just want to be aware that, yes, I am thinking some incredibly angry thoughts right now. And I was. I was thinking unbelievably angry thoughts about the person that said this. And I was thinking unbel you know, thoughts about being hurt and being a victim and not being able to understand why they would say this to me in front of a group. And why was it just me that this was said to? I'm not the only one that this should have been said to. But see, those are beliefs. To be able to get to a place where I could just realize that these are thoughts, they will pass. Then I was able to, you know, breathe in and breathe out and start to just let the, 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 this stuff work its way through me. And then I could eventually get back to work. I could eventually get back to life. I could get back to doing whatever it is. And I realize it's not always work. In some cases, it may be whatever I'm doing in my free time. It could be whatever I'm doing with other people. But I really can't be there with anyone, no matter whether it's work or play or whatever it is. If I am lost in my head somewhere, 
wrapped up in this narrative about someone who has been called out or embarrassed or singled out, however you want to say that. And to be able, it's such an incredible relief to be able to, while it doesn't necessarily make all the pain go away, but to at least have the perspective or the headspace to know that this is just me reacting in some way because this is the way I've always reacted because this is the way I've, I've chosen. It's, it's basically, and it's not even so much as a choice as it is a habit. Somewhere along the way, I had identified with these childhood memories of feeling embarrassment and shame and feeling less than, so to speak. And so some of these things that are not completely healed or worked through will, and sometimes even if they have been, they sometimes will, you know, will surface again. And this is where I will find myself. The other thing I want to say about this is that, you know, I, I had a, a period of time in which, you know, that later that day, I was still kind of chewing on this, so to speak. I still had not released all this. I still had not. And it's not about letting it go. And it's not about, you know, trying to move on as it is about just trying to cope every moment after it happens. And that's what I ultimately realize. I will eventually move on. I will eventually get over it. But the more that I try to force myself to get over it, the more that I try to force myself to move on, if I don't really have a path to move on, to move on, if I don't really have a way to do that, that is going to allow me to not be so wrapped up in my own identities of being the person that's been treated wrongly. And I'm not saying that in this case that I there, there is some aspect of it being somewhat uncivil to for someone to say this just to me in a group when I'm not the only one responsible for this. But at the same time, I realize that I can't go through life always being able to have it being my way. I can't always, it's not always going to go the way that I think it's going to go. And what I think is fair is not always what other people think is fair. But at some point, it's not even about what's fair. It's not even about what's right. At some point, it's not even about who said what. I can, I can at least for me in this case, and since I'm the one that went through this, I really do feel this way. At some point, it really boiled down to my either inability or ability to cope with what had happened, with what choices I made. Did I choose to be the victim? Did I choose to continue to think these thoughts? endlessly and that's one thing that the mind is so good at and, and for most people that I've spoken with is that it will continue to loop through what happened over and over and over again and I'm not even sure why that that, that I do that I'm not sure why I, the other people that have told me that they do that do that I think there again it just it reinforces something it's this inability to uh, to let go of it's just, it's a manifest, the way beliefs that we hold on to manifest themselves. I almost feel like in some way it's me trying to prove to myself that I was a victim. It's me trying to continue to convince myself that, you know, somehow I had been treated wrongly and it doesn't really help. So I know at some point, the sooner that I can begin to pay attention to my mind and be aware of those thoughts, the sooner hopefully this will stop. And I can't make it stop. The only thing that I can do is see through the beliefs that I'm holding on to. That I can realize that the thoughts that I'm thinking and continuing to buy into and continuing to give energy to will continue to manifest these looping thoughts and sort of the rerunning of the tapes over and over again. And if at some point I can just get to a place where I can breathe in and out and get my mind calmed down, utilizing some sort of meditative technique or meditative practice, 
I can then begin to just cope with where I find myself in this moment. And I don't have to worry about fixing everything later or how, I, how I'm going to get past this because all I can do is do this one moment at a time. And this practice really is, is something that really helps tremendously with being able to cope one moment at a time. And as the week progressed, I found myself really, I wasn't trying not to think about what happened, but I also was not really actively trying to think about it. At some point, very quickly, I realized there was nothing to resolve. There was nothing really to fix. There was nothing really that I needed to do. Now, there are some cases in which things like this happen that I feel like I do want to say something to someone. If I feel like they really did intend to hurt my feelings or to cause me to feel shame or embarrassment, yes, if they really were malicious, I, you know, I, I trust that I have the judgment to admit you that I can make that, that call as to whether I need to do that or not. But in this case, I really felt like this wasn't the case. I felt like this wasn't, you know, a malicious intent. This is just someone being who they are. And the more that I thought about it and not even thought about it, but I sat with it, I realized that is this person's personality and that they really, at the end of the day, are someone that I respect and have enjoyed working with, but this is the way that they are. And it's not up to me to change that. And I've spent way too much of my life avoiding people or writing people out of my lives because they said things like this to me. They somehow hurt my feelings. And so I was just done with them. But at some point I can say that I found myself very isolated and living a very reclusive life because I cut so many people out of my life that hurt me this way or didn't do what I expected them to do that I found myself pretty much alone. And it's not the way that I wanted to live the rest of my life. So at the end of the day, I came to the conclusion, and that's really ultimately where I'm going to end this, is I came to the fork in the road. I came to the end of the road where I realized that if I wanted to have people in my life, if I wanted to live life and truly be in life and be in the middle of it, I was going to have to be in the middle of it where it all is happening, where I could not control the outcome and never will be able to. And I can't predict people's behavior, and I can't insulate myself from sometimes the hurtful things or the things that I perceive as hurtful being said to me or done to me. And so the only way, the only way I can actually get through life, that I can actually live it out there with everybody else and not in here all by myself, is that I have to have some way of being able to pay attention to my mind and that I don't let it run away with me and that I don't believe everything that I'm thinking about what I'm feeling. And ultimately, that I don't buy into my own nonsense about feeling like the victim when it's really not the case. And I'm not saying that every time someone feels like a victim, it is not nonsense. And I realize there are times when clearly I and other people have been victims before. But I know in this case, that really wasn't the case. And so the only, the only way I was able to get through that without doing any damage to myself and or anyone else was to pay attention to my thoughts and be able to sit with them and have the patience of knowing eventually this too shall pass and not to deny what happened, but to just realize that I can just let my mind do what it's doing. I don't have to believe everything that it's thinking. Uh, I don't have to identify with what it's thinking. I can just let it do what it's doing and eventually it will move to something else. And it always does. Like that's one thing I can truly say. It always does. But in the meantime, I have much more, a much higher likelihood of it moving on to something else, this mind of mine, if I just am able to watch it as a witness 
and not necessarily identify with what it is, what it is that it's thinking.